what I have here is you must adhere strictly to the time and days of intake, medical advices and negotiations of medical authority in Nigerian HIV consultation. So um, I will begin with an introduction to the research, uh, followed by the research focus, the data corpus, data processing, the method of data analysis, um, the findings of the research, and my concluding thoughts or statements. Um, now the research on uh, medical authority in medical sociology and medical conversation analysis presents two distinct arguments. Um, on the one hand, researchers state that doctors' paternalistic approach to um, medical encounters is quite predominant, and this constitutes the underlying cause of patients' non-participative behaviors during consultations. Although there are various perceptions of the doctor's authority, and this vary across various cultures, the, the notion of paternalistic dominance really implies that the doctor's authority uh, limits um, patient-centered work. And this is evident, for instance, when physician, physicians adopt uh, a, a greater position of epistemic and um, deontic authority that is relative to the patient when recommending treatment. Then on the other hand, findings indicate that doctors work to withdraw some of this authority, thereby encouraging the patient to, for instance, participate more in the encounters by maybe answering more than the question the, uh, that the doctors are asking during medical history taking. Or sometimes also request for diagnostic, uh, diagnostic text in the process of um, you know, consulting with the patient and asking for the patient's concerns and the patient's well-being. Now, to learn more understanding on these two perspectives, um, I, as a researcher, thought that an examination of the advice-giving sequences in medical interactions become insightful. And this especially because the pragmatic understanding of an advice means telling you what is best for you to do. And in professional client encounters, advice-giving is normatively unidirectional. So uh, it often happens in situations where the doctors will be the one to offer the advice to the, uh, to the patient. So, um, and this justifies to some extent my reason for taking the professional as a point of departure for the exploration of this particular interactional practice. In medical and health-related settings, advisory interactions have been the focus of extensive research by linguists including interactions between health visitors and first-time mothers in Britain and so many other interactions, also including mediated interactions. The central arguments indicate that certain factors influence participants' actions in advisory interactions, and these include the social context of the interactions, whether or not they discuss taboo topics, and of course the impact of the societal and cultural ideologies including the epistemic and diotic uh, asymmetries between the doctor and the patient. So in view of these findings, um, this paper contributes uh, to some extent um, to previous research by investigating how medical authority is negotiated through the communicative practice of advice giving and of course also looking at its responsive actions in Nigerian HIV consultation. So basically, I want to look at how advice given is uh, reflected, consolidated, and negotiated um, 
in the encounters. Now, just a quick look at an extract that shows that advice giving is indeed negotiated in the Nigerian HIV uh, encounter. And I'll use this word negotiating very, negotiation or negotiate or negotiated very often to refer to how the practice of advice giving comes through in interaction in that sense. Now, in this extract, the patient does not seem to be thriving medically. She is thus instructed to take various medical tests and use prophylactic drugs. The patient had complained about stomach ache and her CD4 count is low. These are not shown in the extract. The doctor, however, states that her stomach ache is probably caused by using painkillers, alabukun and ibukaf, the uh, locally the, uh, made painkillers in Nigeria. And we can, you know, we can look at how that really takes place in the first line to ninth line. Now, in the 10th line, the patient is instructed to stop taking the painkillers. The doctor says, so you will stop using it. And then in line 12, another turn is initiated that gives more instructions concerning conducting chest x-rays. Now, these instructions are substantiated and reinforced with the doctor's self-initiated self-repair that uh, you know, addresses the problem of hearing when the patient does not immediately respond. When he says, you hear, in Nigeria, when someone tells you, you hear me, it's not, most of the time, it happens, whether in mundane institutional settings, it's not um, a request for clarification or a request to actually, you know, understand whether or not the other participant has heard what you have said. It is to reinforce some sort of instructions, some sort of order that the, well, the first person who has uttered the statement has, has mentioned. Now, this extra shows essentially that the doctor's instructions are used to assess his role uh, as a doctor and establish this role and, of course, also set future course of the patient's adherence to medical recommendations. We'll take a more in-depth look at this phenomenon subsequently. Now, this study draws from 70 doctor-patient interactions, which were collected in 10 visits to four outpatient clinics in Nigeria's southwestern geopolitical zone between August and December 2015. This was during the time I was conducting my PG studies. And of course, during the postdoctoral stage as well, um, I went ahead to do some, other, uh, some more field work to you know, get some more data. Now, these visits were made to the clinics to record interactions between doctors and patients. The audio files were a total of 1,750 minutes, 29 hours in total. Uh, the map shows the study area. The clinics are federal and state hospitals, which provide outpatient services to HIV-positive patients. Now, at the select clinics, doctors and patients converse in Yoruba, which is the native language of the ethnic group in southwest Nigeria. Uh, sometimes, also, the participants use Nigerian Pidgin English and Nigerian English. And all linguistic codes, including cases of code mixing and other languages, are used in the interaction. The participants consist of eight male doctors, two female doctors, and 70 patients. Now, the recordings involve a minimum of two parties per interactions. And of course, the data collected for this uh, study, I have to mention, was approved by the local ethics and research committees of the select clinics. And the patients who participated during the study you know, were informed, gave informed consent about the study, and uh, they also gave their permissions to publish the, um, the recordings. Now, audio recordings of interactions were transcribed using uh, the transcription convention. 
provided by a German linguist, and this was largely because I studied in Germ Germany anyway, so uh, my supervisors felt that this would be something that would be nice to use. There, there are other transition uh, conventions used by Jefferson and some other prominent CA scholars, but I used the GATT II transcription convention. And uh, like I said earlier, the study majorly adopts conversation analysis for data um, processing analysis. Now, medical CA is a body of research within conversation analysis that focuses on analyzing fine-grained detail of interactional practices and actions within medical settings. CA is preferred for this study due to its objective and empirical focus on analyzing naturally occurring interactions. Now, moving on to my findings before I bore you too much. Um, now, as we would see in the proceeding analysis, um, we are going to be looking at um, uh, how doctors issue medical advice that specifically enforce patient adherence to medical recommendations. Now, uh, so we will find that adherence really informs the primary reason for offering advice. And in the second step, the analysis will explore the tone designs of the advice giving sequence. Now, I'm going to be using instructions interchangeably with the term advice. And this is in response to uh, the patient's deteriorating medical health. And such evaluation um, is organized in such a way that patient agency in shared decision making on the treatment routine is not recognized, as we will show in previous um, following extracts. Also, the doctor's directives are made relevant with terms that do not allocate uh, proceeding terms for patients to respond. Advices are also issued as uptakes on patients' dispreferred responses, and they are also mitigated by accounts. These patterns are prevalent in about 80% of the interactions. That's in about uh, 72 sequences, treatment recommendation sequences. Now I'll move on to the first observation, the reasons for offering advice on the tr treatment routine. Now, uh, this is uh, so prominent in the data because probably given the fact, the context of the interaction and the type of patients that have been um, spoken with, adherence is very central to HIV AIDS care because, I mean, the, the patient's health depend on their regular and consistent intake of your drug anyway. So I suppose this justifies the reason why there's so much focus on the adherence to medical recommendations. But uh, I think the interesting thing for me from the outset was that um, the concept of adherence really goes beyond just drug use, as I've you know, I found out in the literature. So there's always so much emphasis on patients using drug, patients using drug. But in the clinic settings, adherence tends to you know, have a more holistic perspective such that the patient's use of CD, um, and the patient's use of drug, the patient's regular CD4 count um, testing, and the patient's regular visit to the clinic to collect the freely distributed ARTs are so important that all of these constitute factors in which the, patient, uh, the doctors consider in order to adjudge whether the patients have been adherent or not. So I want you to put this in mind when I speak of adherence. It doesn't only refer to drug use um, alone. Now, Adherence on patient, I mean, advice on patients' good medical health occurs when patients are healed from opportunistic in infections. As shown in this um, extract here, the doctor's medical authority is asserted when he instructs the patient to, first of all, purchase 
drugs outside the clinic uh, before receiving drugs from the clinic. The patient responds by expressing reservations about the effectiveness of the current treatments. So she requests um, an assurance of future wellness if she adheres to the doctor's instructions. The doctor's response to this reservation serves to assure the patient of good medical health by leaning towards a religious preference when he says, by God's grace, you'll be okay. By God's grace, you'll be well. And also, it leans towards a medicated-related concern, like we have it in line now, where he says, make sure you take it and use your drug every day. Although the instructions here advocate for the patient's good medical health, we, it's obvious that the doctor leverages on, also on his um, uh, epistemic superiority, that in terms of his knowledge of know-how, his knowledge of the knowledge of his profession, and um, the opportunities that the pro profession offers him to direct the patient's future um, action with regards to our health. Now, concerns relating to patients' health-related behavior also serves to enact medical authority. As seen in this extract, uh, what about the drug that the doctor prescribed for you? Make sure you take the drugs. Uh, did you buy one that looks as if there's water inside? And then when the patient says, yeah, there's usually water inside, say, hmm, here's an assessment of the, of the uh, response. And then she says, I didn't buy it. She says, I'll, I'll write it for you. Go and buy it. Write it for me. Uh, go and buy it. Do you use septrin also? I use receptrin. Okay, use your septrin and make sure you use it always. So, oh, also it's very, like, it's, it's a discourse marker that is very similar to uh, the you year, you know, that we had looked at earlier that, you know, really reinforces obedience. You know, as we can see here, he asks about the pres uh, uh, previously prescribed ART and subsequently instructs her to use it. Note that the doctor requests to know about another type of drug that she may have bought in lines 50 to 53. So when the patient offered a dispreferred turn in line 54, an instruction follows again. I'll write it for you. Go and buy it in line 55 and 56. Now, the patient's response here is cooperative. She accepts this prescription and consents to follow the doctor's instruction when she says, yes, write it for me. However, when he repeats the instruction, go and buy it and use it. We see here that, um, I mean, the turn design, or, I mean, the, of the doctor's instructions allows, uh, does not really call for a, a negotiated agreement. And then the patient also shows that these instructions do not require a jointly formulated decision uh, making or the treatment routine. Rather, she submits her rights and agrees to the doctor's instructions on the prescribed treatment. You're going to see a lot more of this. I'm not going to really go in depth on the uh, various. Um, yeah, this, this other one is on advice on the treatment routine. So, like I mentioned earlier, the reason for offering the advice and then the turn design of the advice sequences are really locations or um, spots in the interactions through which we will see how the doctor negotiates uh, authority. So, I'll run through. Uh, briefly through also the turn design sequences. Now, uh, when I say that there are no turn allocation for patient responses, I mean that at very cogent point in the interactions, when patients should offer more, they offer less. And that is because uh, there are no explicit questions that require some sort of response. And of course, through which they can, each of the parties can jointly negotiate decision or share decision on the um, treatment routine. Um, so as we see here, uh, the second overhacking um, observation is that doctors establish medical authority through turn designs of the advice given to patients. 
Now, as shown here, the patient's apparent good medical health is evident. She's evidently in good health. Although, because she, she has mentioned no uh, complaints and has a normal default count and all of that. However, this does not, you know, um, you know, uh, stop the doctor from giving such very explicit instructions. Skip it that way. Adhere to your drugs. Um, and of course, the patient is just left to agree. Okay, thank you, doctor. Yeah, you've done the right thing. You are the medical professional. I am the patient. Um, now, the issuing of instructions in the imperative format also occurs when a doctor offers an uptake on a patient's dispreferred responses. These uh, technical terms are a bit dicey because they are, uh, well, CA-related terms. By turn design, turn designs are understood in terms of adjacency pairs in CA, such that utterances comes in pair. When a greeting is offered, a greeting is a normative response to a greeting. When you uh, make a request, uh, the expected return is that you know the person gives you a positive response and so forth. And so, of course, when you also ask a question, the expected response is an answer. But sometimes these preferred responses appear in such a way that, uh, well, I wouldn't say the preference system does not really talk about the the, the preference of the speaker in, in, in that term. It talks about the uh, grammatical, grammaticalness, in terms of grammatical um, construction of the utterances, you know, what one utterance would require in terms of the response to the utterance. So its preference system looks at it from the perspective of the grammatical makeup of the utterance. So when someone offers a disrepared response, as you would know in interaction, sometimes when someone asks you something or make a request, when you are about to not agree, or we are now about, you're about not to conform to uh, the action that the request asks of you, you do something, so they are marked. Sometimes you delay your response. Oh, um, I'd like to take you to lunch today. Hmm. I'm a bit busy, you are about to offer a disrepared response and so forth. So they are marked by delays, they are marked by sometimes by account. If you want to say no, you could give an account. If someone says, oh, I want to invite you to lunch today, you could say, well, actually, um, I'm actually going to maybe the city center. So you're beginning to give an account for why you would not, you know, obey the request. So that's how the preference systems work. And of course, when someone, uh, the, the term uptake is more or less response and how the response is designed, you know, how the, uh, the turn format or the other parties utterance also, you know, really merges with yours. Okay. So, um, like I said earlier, the issue of instructions as an imperative format occurs also here. Uh, we see also, like we've been saying before, instructions, you have to go and do it. Now, uh, see what happens here. You have to go and do this test. And the patient offered a disreferred response here. He says, please, ma, that test, I wouldn't be able to do it. I don't have money. And in line eight, it says, it's not the type you pay for. This one is free, so you have to do it. And she agrees again. Okay. 
so what we see here is that first of all the use of the honorific term ma is really um in reference to the hierarchical position between the doctor and the patient i mean i have not been to a medical encounter where the patient calls the doctor by name to even start with it's always mr doctor sir and ma so already there's already an hierarchy in place so you know even in the event that uh, maybe non-compliance or maybe i would say disobedience if i could use that term to the instruction uh, moving on still um, the prevails. final one I they mean, are also advised and still that are mitigated by accounts instructions may be given as pronouncements in a sequential environment that offers an extended explanation for the instructions in other words instructions may be mitigated by a doctor's account as evidence in this short extract doctors uh, a doctor this doctor formulates his treatment offers with a pronouncement in lines one and two you have to do this you have to take this drug then he proceeds by offering an explanation that orients to his pronouncement as, as an epistemically modelized initiative about the inappropriateness of the patient's previous drugs. He says, oh, it seems as if what I gave you earlier is not working. So by saying this, he orients towards the knowledge that the previous drug was inappropriate and needed not to be given to the patient, needed to be changed. And on this premise, uh, the doctor specifies a new drug. These two drugs, and then instructs her to get those drugs at the pharmacist. In effect, the patient's request for clarification on the current ART indicates that the doctor's authority may be perceived as being weakened, especially because a decision on drug change may be indecisive. Now, I'll move on to discussion uh, quickly. Um, as I've tried to show briefly, adherence related trajectories are really made relevant during these treatment discussions. And this uh, and this sequence is characterized by the practice of giving instructions. The focus on patient adherence is really crucial because it exemplifies the phenomenon of um, shared or non-shared decision-making between the doctor and the patient. It also really touches on the issue of patient expertise. It touches also on the issue of doctoring styles. And of course, it advances the discussion on the problem of compliance amongst patients. The ratification of medical authority occurs regardless of the possibility that patients may participate in the interactions or not. We would have observed that um, the patients are mostly neglected during shared decision making. So uh, the offer ad uh, advice is given simultaneously, and of, of course it reflects on the uh, it reflects on patients maintenance of their responsibility for wellness so there's this two-phase dynamic i see that it's very obvious that the doctors have some sort of hegemony have some sort of autonomy over patients wellness but also there's a tricky side to it because simultaneously they co-construct responsibility with the patients on health related behavior you see so these are two different um perspectives that i think you know needs to be more explicated on meanwhile in the literature the the uh, focus on ad, um, authority is always on two different extremes is it that you know is doctor is really authoritative authoritative or not authoritative but how about when doctor is authoritative but also making allowance for the patient to exercise our own autonomy as well or our own agency in in the in the whole consultations so um i think I'm already at the end. I'm sure I've overshot my time. <laughs> okay. Um, so I would, 
largely wonder uh, suggest that for I mean for future discussions and you know uh, when cross fertilization of ideas on how to uh, go about these issues, especially with respect to interactions in uh, African setting and Nigerian setting. I think it's a need to accommodate a broader concept of what adherence means in the first place and also what it means to have uh, medical authority. Could it also be that medical authority is uh, established or in place for the patient's benefits, especially when it comes to chronic routine contexts such as this? So I think this... Um, opens us up to, to more discussions in that area. Um, I think I'm at the end now, so these are the features that I conducted, and thank you for listening. <laughs>